Hi folks, it's The General here with another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast. I think this is episode 10 now, I'm recording on Tuesday the 14th of August. So game week 1 is behind us now and we're looking ahead to game week 2. Just going to quickly explain how this episode is going to run. So first of all, I'm going to what I'm going to do every week from now on at the start of the podcast, I'm going to shout out Shout out those players who managed to play 59 minutes uh, at the weekend, getting themselves one FPL point. Then I'm going to briefly review game week one, how it went for me. I'm going to go into a few talking points, talk about a few players in particular, give some of my thoughts about game week one, and also mention a few players that I've added to my watch list. I'll then move into a couple of questions from Twitter and Slack. So I think I've got about five questions, five good questions to go through. Once they're done, I'll, I'll look ahead to game week two. So we'll talk a little bit about captaincy and transfers. And I'll finish off the podcast today talking a little bit about Patreon and Slack. Um, I mentioned them in the previous two podcasts, but I get a lot of questions about them. You know, what is Patreon, what is Slack? So... I feel I need to just explain a bit more about what that is, but I'll do that at the end. Um, So first of all, shout out to Riyad Mahrez and Pascal Gross, who both played 59 minutes at the weekend, getting themselves one point each. Always very frustrating for for us FPL managers. If we own players who are taken off after 59 minutes, missing out on, on that extra point, could be the difference in winning and losing your mini league at the end of the season. So... Shout out to those two guys. I want to mention Cedric as well. Now, it wasn't the 59th minute. It was the 55th minute Cedric went off. But in doing so, he missed out in the clean sheet. So I think he deserves a mention there as well this week. So that's the three shout outs this week. So as I said, I'll do that every week. Um, just just to, just to give them the shout out that they deserve for the frustration that they cause. I'm sure plenty of managers, especially Mares, because Mares actually impressed me uh, at the weekend he played really really well and I'm sure it was frustrating for managers to see him getting taken off because he, he could well have went on to, to maybe score or assist in that game um, and obviously I know quite a few people went with Cedric as well for game week one so that was a painful one um, with, with Southampton keeping the clean sheet so moving into game week one for me I got 70 points now usually game week one 70 points I'd be delighted but it was a, there were some monster scores this week, uh, quite a few people broke 100, which is an amazing way to start the season. Um, 70 points has me at around 650k overall, which is not terrible, but I can't help but feel what could have been this weekend because a couple of players I was 50 50 on um, and were in some of my drafts, you know, I ended up not going for. And it could it could have been a 100 point week for me, but I'm not, I, I don't really dwell on, on things like that too much because there's no point. The game week's done now and I'm already looking ahead to game week two. Um, just one or two things to mention. Uh, Richardson did the business. Salah did the business. Ederson in goal as well. Glad I went with him. Uh, Van Aanholt. Glad I went with him from game week one as well. Van Aanholt was very impressive. He, he clean sheet assist and he also stuck one in the top corner as well which was really out for offside. So there's absolutely no chance he's leaving my team at any point soon. He's He's the, he's the best attacking defender in the league, in my opinion. So if you've got him, don't don't be selling him. I was dis- disappointed not to get anything from my two Spurs guys, 
uh, Ben Davis and Ericsson, but both passed the eye test for me, and I'm hopeful of getting something from both of them against Fulham this weekend in game week two. My my strikers let me down big time. Aguero, King, and Arnautovic, six points between them. So pressure's on those three to deliver for me game week two. I'm not I'm not going to need Jerick any of them out of my team. Um, I mean, I don't I don't build my game week one team just for the first week. I want to give you know give the guys time to to bring in the points. So I'm, I'm hopeful those three can can do the business this weekend. In midfield, I had Jota as well, five points. Now he he was probably lucky enough to get the assist. Um, for winning the free kick he was pretty quiet I watched the Wolves Everton game and Jota was pretty quiet um, Neves obviously got a goal and assist so he's getting all the, the plaudits but I'm not I'm not going to I'm going to give Jota more time as well um, it could easily be, be him that's in the points in game week 2 I think it's Leicester Wolves have in game week 2 so Jota Jota's I'm not going to need Jarek him out either again he was quiet but I'm, I'm willing to give him more time um, obviously, going on his stats and everything last season, he's a, he's he's a better than what he showed in game week one. It might just take him a while to settle into the Premier League, but hopefully game week two he can do more than he did in game week one. Apart from that, Juan Bissaka was my first sub, 12 points. Not annoyed by that whatsoever because I bought him to be a sub. I was never going to start him. Um, I'm just glad I got him in because I think he's risen in price now already to 4.1. So it's it's good to have those bench players that can that can come in if you need them. Um, I know uh, some people locked in with one Masaka coming off their bench this week. Fair play. I wouldn't say it's locked because you had him there because you knew he was a good pick. So if you got the 12 points from him, well done. That's all I'm going to say about my game week one squad. As I said, 70 points. So hopefully... Um, hopefully game week two will go a little bit better for me um, and I can start raising those rankings uh, without wasting any time I'm going to move on to a couple of talking points from game week one uh, a couple of players in particular that a lot of people are talking about after game week one the first one is Luke Shaw now he got his he got his goal his first goal for United um, I, I talked a lot of people out of Luke Shaw before the season started because one of my one of my beliefs is not getting in players that I know I'll probably have to sell a couple of weeks down the line. Um, so well done to those of you who ignored me and got him in and got his points. But his goal aside uh, in that game, I felt Shaw didn't play very well defensively. I thought he looked pretty vulnerable um, on a couple of occasions. There was one in particular where Vardy took the ball off him uh, when he should have cleared his lines and, and Damari Gray actually almost scored from that. And for Leicester's goal as well, he was pretty slow closing down the cross. So I don't think Mourinho's going to be happy with his performance defensively. Um, and I still expect Shaw to lose his place in a couple of weeks' time. Now, he probably will be okay for a couple of weeks because Valencia is injured. So yeah. Ashley Young will probably uh, slot in at right back, which will allow Shaw to continue playing for a few weeks. But I think once Valencia comes back, we'll see Valencia right back and uh, Young back at left back. The, the, it's up to it's up to Shaw really, I suppose, now in the next couple of weeks to, to improve defensively and keep doing what he's doing going forward to nail down that spot. But at this point in time, I, I still don't see him making it his own. So just be wary with Luke Shaw. Um, if you have him, great, keep him. But if you don't have him, just be wary about bringing him in. The next player is Mendy, Man City. A player that was in my draft for uh, most of the summer. And probably only a couple of a day or two before 
game week one I moved him out then for Van Aanholt so it actually wasn't uh, too bad of a move because Van Aanholt got 11 I think Mendy got 15 so obviously it would have been more pain, painful if I had to replace Mendy with someone who only got two points but I do regret probably not going with Mendy now from game week one um, I'll talk a little bit more about him later because he's in my thoughts for game week two he's, he's an absolute beast I mean watching the Man City game it was actually it was pretty painful watching Man City as a non-Mendy owner because he looked like he could score assist every attack he was he was basically playing as a centre midfielder at times um, he was he was in all their attacks and it was it was not an enjoyable watch not owning him um, as I said I'll talk about him a little bit later when it comes to game week 2 transfers another player that impressed me big time was Robertson at Liverpool now I went for Van Dijk um, and it was mainly a gut feeling on Van Dijk uh, all summer he was just I never really I wasn't even. I wouldn't say I was fifty-fifty on those two. I was always going to go for Van Dijk for game week one. I just felt maybe that he underperformed last season, and, he, and he's got plenty of goals in him. But having watched Liverpool in game week one and watched Robertson in particular, um, he was just superb. I mean, again, he was like Mendy. He's basically playing as a winger. Um, I think, I think Robertson only got one goal last season, but I think he can get more than that this season watching him in game week one. So I'm already thinking about you know. How do I get Robertson in instead of Van Dijk? So again, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Robertson is the one to own, I think, out of those two, uh, based on game week one. So again, that's a decision. I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but it's something maybe I want to address quickly. You know, rather than just sticking, I don't want to be stubborn and stick with Van Dijk when Robertson's the one I actually want now. Another player, Juan Bissaka, I mentioned him already. He's he's a gift from the FPL gods at four million. Anyone who got him at four million, uh, that it looks good now because he look he was superb. I think he was man of the match. Got his assist, um, got his clean sheet. So t- uh, twelve points, I think he got, which is which is superb for a four million player. As I said, he's a gift. And if you don't have him and you don't have any other major issues in your team, I would probably consider getting him in this week. Yeah, I think is I think he's risen to four point one now, but. He looks like he's nailed on, and he's and he's he looks superb for Palace. Um, he can get attack and returns. He can get clean sheets. So he he's a no brainer now, really. Moving on now to a couple of midfielders who are people are talking about after game week one. First one, Ruben Neves, Wolves. So I have Jota who got five points. Neves got I don't know what his points total was. He got a goal and an assist. So he got he got the free kick. Uh, Scored a free kick, which Jota was fouled for, and a very nice assist as well for for the striker Jimenez's goal. Very good header, great ball in from Neves. So Neves is only five million. I think he's gone up to five point one now last night. Um, and I, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, would you do Jota to Neves um, to save the one point five million or one point four now? But it's just I tend to avoid those sideways moves, um, especially after just one game week. And more than likely there's other areas of your team that you could probably improve rather than doing that sideways move um, but I, d- I did like Neves I do like what I've seen of him in game week one but he's a wait and see for me um, I want to see more from him you know if he if he if he does it consistently over you know three or four weeks then I may be inclined to move to him maybe when wildcard time rolls around but I wouldn't be getting him in just off the back of his uh, game week one performance because Next week it could easily be Neves two points, Jota ten points. So, yeah, just wait and see with Neves. I think 
Another two midfielders around the same price, Kante and Jorginho at Chelsea, both priced at five million. Um, I went without any Chelsea players to begin with. I wanted just to see how they, you know, settle in under Sarri uh, and just kind of feel them out and see which ones I want to go for then. So Kante and Jorginho both both scored. Uh, Jorginho took a penalty, a very good penalty as well, uh, and Kante scored off his shin. Um, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the Chelsea game ninety minutes. I watched match of the day, um, and it was very clear to see that Kante was getting uh, forward much more often than he usually does. He seemed to have a lot more freedom to, to break forward with Jorginho kind of sitting back. Um, so that does bode well for Kante. I, you know, I laughed on Twitter when when I seen that Kante had scored because again another player I talked so many people out of getting for people saying me rate my teams with Kante and them and I just. My reply to all of them was, Kante's a, a brilliant footballer, but he's a terrible FPL player. But having watched Match of the Day, this season could be different. Uh, if he keeps you know, breaking forward like he was, um, he will pick up assists and he, and he may pick up another goal or two off his shin. So he's one for the watch list. Again, I wouldn't be getting him in just off a of game week one. Um, but a five million, very, very cheap. Uh, Jorginho as well. Jorginho took the penalty. So it depends on whether he keeps penalties, which, which I think he actually could. Um, we need we need to see what happens when Chelsea get a penalty when Hazard and Jorginho are on the pitch, whether Hazard takes it or Jorginho. But if it turns out that Jorginho is going to be the penalty taker at Chelsea, he'll be a no-brainer uh, at five million. So again, like Neves, Kante and Jorginho, just on the watch list, going to keep an eye on them for the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to rush into getting any of those. A couple of players I've added to my watch list as well. I think I've got five or six here. Uh, Ryan Fraser, 5.5 million Bournemouth. James Madison, 6.5 million Leicester. Dele Alley impressed me. Uh, Joe Hart, 4.5 million. Uh, Mitrovic, 6.5. And Danny Ings, 5.5. Ryan Fraser scored uh, game week one. He's very cheap in a, in a Bournemouth side who. Bournemouth, they might not be great defensively, but they always, they always score goals. So Fraser, 5.5, could be a really shrewd option this season. Match of the day as well in his interview, he was he was saying, you know, he felt like he should be getting more goals and he wants to get 10 to 12 goals this season. So straight away when I heard that, he was straight onto my watch list. Um, Madison, very impressed with him against United. Um, for, for a player making his Premier League debut, a young player, he looked like he'd been playing the Premier League for, for five or six years. He just, he, you know, it's going to take him no time to get up to speed. Very, very creative. He's gonna get. He's got goals in him as well. De Gea made a very good save, actually, to to deny him. So six point five million. I think Madison could be very good value this season. But again, he's a wait and see. He was taken off early as well. That may be down to I think he was carrying an injury, you know, in the run up to the new season. So that's probably why he was taken off early. But definitely one to keep an eye on. Deli Ali impressed me. I've got Ericsson, uh, but Ali was the one who stood out to me on match of the day. Um, often playing uh, as as the highest player up the pitch for Spurs, often ahead of Kane, got himself into some very good goal-scoring positions. Obviously, he, he scored one, but he could have had a few more as well. There was a couple of occasions where, where teammates just didn't lay off the pass to him and, and you know he could have had even more. So I think Ali's going to have a big season based on game week one. He's a player I've never really had. I've never really liked him in FPL, though I, I very rarely owned him. I don't know if I've ever owned him. I've always been an Ericsson over Ali guy, but... Watching game week one, I think, you know, it could be more 50-50 this season between those two. Joe Hart, I've added him to my watch list. 
the only reason he's there is because he plays for Burnley uh, and Burnley goalkeepers are, are FPL gold um, I was very lucky last season I got in Nick Pope as soon as uh, as soon as Heaton got injured I got Nick Pope and he was superb he played a big part in my success last season um, so Hart started game week one it looks like he could be number one um, for a while at least so Heaton was on the bench so we'd, we're still not 100% sure but it's one I'm going to monitor if if it becomes clear that Joe Hart is going to be number one for you know a couple of months um, until Pope gets back um, he's definitely one I'd be looking at because again Burnley got a clean sheet in game week one so Burnley at 4.5 million he could be even a set and forget goalkeeper who saves you a lot of cash he's one of the very few teams outside maybe the top five or six where I would set and forget a goalkeeper um, just because of the way Burnley play and set up they're, they're very very good for clean sheets Two strikers then I've added to the watch list, Mitrovic and Danny Ings. Mitrovic didn't score game week one, but he impressed me. He had a lot of chances. He looked pretty sharp. He's he's physical. You know, I think he had six or seven goal attempts. Um I think he can I think Mitrovic can score fifteen goals this season. So he's one for the watch list. Another one, uh, Danny Ings, five point five. He he came off the bench for Southampton, he only played I think he only probably played ten or fifteen minutes, but you could see right away in those in that short spell what he, what he's going to bring to Southampton. He's a quality striker. Um, he wasn't just uh, taking chances; he was creating creating them as well. So it's probably going to take him a while to get up to speed, fitness wise, and things like that. Um, but at five point five million, once he starts getting in the Southampton eleven regularly, he's definitely someone I'm going to be in in for. Um, he he could well become the third striker. Uh, this season at 5.5 that we just get in and we don't need to worry about for the rest of the season so definitely Ings is one to keep an eye on so that's it for talking points and watch listed players this week I'm going to move on now uh, to some questions from Twitter and Slack so I've got five written down here the first one is from Samant on Twitter he said what to do with Gilfie Sigurdsson so Siggy owners were pretty unlucky with a red card for Jagielka. Sigurdsson was the one who was sacrificed. Uh, I think it was Holgate who came on then uh, to shore, in the, shore up the defence. Siggy, I think I think if you own him, I think you keep him for game week two. Uh, Everton have Everton have Southampton at home in game week two, so I would definitely keep Sigurdsson this weekend and then just reassess after that. Um, there's no reason why Siggy can't, you know, deliver against Southampton this weekend so I think it would be pretty silly to get rid of him just because he got substituted because of a red card um, I don't think it was down to his performance or anything like that so I would just hold Siggy if you own him um, I know some people some people have Richarlison and Sigurdsson as well uh, maybe you'd be more inclined to sell him then if you already have Richarlison but I, I wouldn't do it this weekend against Southampton I, I would keep both Second question from the FPL King on Twitter. He's asking, should he do Ben Davis to Mendy? Uh, that's that's a tricky one. A couple of people have asked me that one about Ben Davis to Mendy because Davis has Fulham at home this weekend, and as I said, he Davis passed the eye test for me in game week one, so I'm I'm quite hopeful of Davis getting me something this weekend. So I personally, I don't think I would do the Davis to Mendy move as as. As attractive as Mendy is as an option, I think I think I would just hold off for a week on that one and just keep Davis for for game week two, especially if it saves you a transfer. Um, 
because Davison Mendy, I would, I would, they could both get similar returns this weekend. I don't think there'll be a huge swing in, in Mendy's favour in game week two. Um, so again, yeah, I would probably just leave that one and save the transfer if you can. Next question is from Bilal on Twitter as well. He's asking what should he do with Alexis Sanchez. So Sanchez was another player who, who he didn't play very well. He did get an assist, probably a fortunate assist for the for the handball penalty. Um, five points, but just watching, I watched that game, watching Sanchez for 90 minutes, he just... He was just his old self, giving the ball away very often, just looking, you know, looking agitated, not happy. Doesn't really seem to know what he's supposed to be doing in that system. Um, and when it when it boils down to FPL, ten point five million, I just think he, I just don't think he's worth the money at the moment. When there's players like Mane, um, and the likes of Ali and Eriksson and things they like got in the Man City midfielders as well, I just don't think Sanchez is worth ten point five. But if I owned him, I would probably give him one more week because United play Brighton. In game week two, Brighton conceded two to Watford in game week one. They were pretty poor defensively. So Sanchez could get something there. So I think it's probably worth holding on to him for one more week and then reassess. Next question is from Andreas from Slack. Which game week one overperformers will keep performing? So good question. So which players do I think will keep performing um, who did well in game week one? So I've listed down the ones who I think are worth, you know, looking at at least or, or getting in who, who, who did well in game week one so Mendy number one Robertson at Liverpool Van Aanholt at Palace so that's the three defenders and those three defenders Mendy, Robertson, Van Aanholt that's probably the ideal front three or sorry the ideal back three that I want to get to now I've only got Van Aanholt I only had Van Aanholt game week one so I'm looking to maybe move up to two of those in, in game week two so again I'm coming to transfer soon I'm going to talk about what, what I'm doing or maybe what I have already done. Um, so that's Mendy, Robertson, Van Aanholt. Uh, midfielders then who I think will keep performing. Uh, Mane, Richarlison. I do think Neves may keep taking over this season as well. But I am just going to wait and see with him. Um, especially if he's on the set pieces. He may even be on penalties. But we need to wait and see with that. Um, Ryan Fraser I think could have a big season. Deli Alley I think will have a big season as well. And Callum Wilson, as much as it pains me to say it, I mean, he trolled me last season big time. Um, I got him in. I think he got two, 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 five weeks in a row. So I, I'll never, I won't, I'll never be in a rush to get him back in. But he did play well at the weekend. Uh, I know he missed a penalty, so hopefully Josh King gets them back from him now. But I think Wilson could have a big season as well. And as much as he's trolled me, and I, you know, I hate him for that, he is on my watch list. So that's the that's the overperformers who I think will keep performing. Last question from the Slack channel is from Hesmo. He's asking, is five at the back a viable strategy this season? Now, I'm getting this a lot because the defenders the defenders outperformed the strikers in, in game week one. And we had a lot of the wing backs doing very, very well, which makes us think, you know, should we go four or five at the back? Now, I, I very rarely play more than three defenders. Um, I've never really played four or five for any sustained period of time. It's usually just because of an injury or something like that. But I've started the season with three, and I'm going to stick with three for the time being. Um, I'll probably reassess maybe when wildcard comes around. Maybe when, I don't know when I'm going to play it yet. More than likely around you know week four or five. Um, and if it's if it's a case then when the defenders are still doing the business and you know there's more value in defence, I may look at maybe going four three three 
or 442. But his most question is five at the back of Bible strategy. I, I don't think I'll ever play five at the back. Um, I probably don't have anything to back that up. It's just, it's not the way I want to play the game. Yeah, it's not a very fun way to play the game. Um, I'm pretty boring when it comes to FPL and strategy and things like that, but playing five at the back would be just too much for me. Yeah, too boring uh, and too painful. You know, sweating over clean sheets, sweating over five clean sheets on a Saturday at half four, you know, for 20 minutes. No thanks. Um, but again, I'm going to reassess everything in a couple of weeks' time. You know, if the defenders do keep delivering, we do definitely need to look at, you know, alternative formations, maybe four at the back. Um, I probably won't play five, but I mean, if it's something you think can, you know, over the course of the season that can get you a good rank, then definitely consider it. It's just not for me. That's the questions covered. I'm going to quickly look ahead to game week two now, just in terms of captaincy and transfers. So I had a quick look on Fancy Football Scout before I started recording at the captaincy poll for game week two. So as it stands, Aguero's on 44%, Salah's on 29%. Now that surprised me a little bit. I, I went on the side expecting to see Salah number one uh, in the captaincy poll, but it's actually Aguero at 44. Salah's 29%. And then the legend that is Benjamin Mendy is third with 5.8%. So I don't know if I've ever seen a defender in the top three on the, on the captaincy poll. So that just shows you how impressive Mendy was game week one and what people think about him for game week two against Huddersfield. Um, I've never captained a defender ever in over 10 years playing and I have no intention of doing so anytime soon captain and defenders or goalkeepers it's just all it takes is a corner a fluky corner to, to wipe out the clean sheet so it's just not for me so Aguero's on 44% Salah's on 29% I've got both of those um, the captaincy armband for me is currently on Salah Salah's a safe pick uh, played very well game week 1 he's guaranteed to play game week 2 but then the thing with Aguero is it's Huddersfield at home and it's Sergio Aguero. So it is it is very tempting. I'm not 100% on Salah yet. I am going to mull over Aguero for the rest of the week uh, for the captaincy. The issue is Aguero didn't do much game week one, you know, to justify the captaincy for game week two. It's Pep Guardiola. We know we can... I said it in the Slack channel this week. Uh, if I was ever to get a tattoo, it would be just three words, never trust Pep. Because we just don't know what he's going to do. Um, Aguero, any given week, Aguero could find himself on the bench. And that's probably just going to be enough for me just not to captain him. Because, I mean, there'd be nothing more painful than captaining him. And then he comes on for 10 minutes and gets one point. So I do think Aguero will start against Huddersfield. But I think the safe play is going to be Salah. I don't think you know there's any reason to, to take chances at this point in the season. Um so as I said, I'm not 100% in Salah, but I'd say I'm probably about 75%. Um, but again, I'll mull it over for the next couple of days. Moving on to Game Week 2 transfers for me in particular. Now, you might have picked up on it you know, during the podcast that I've, I may, I've done something that I don't usually do. Um, I may, I've made an early transfer. Now, I'm a, I'm a big preacher of waiting until Friday and having patience and everything. And... First game week of the season, I've made, I've gone against my beliefs and made an early transfer. I've made a Monday transfer, which it's probably been a couple of years since I've made a Monday transfer. So what I've done is I've sold Van Dyke and I've got Mendy. So I, I did it last night, Monday night. I did it before Mendy increased in price. Um, 
Mendy's now my third Man City player, so I've got Ederson, Mendy, and Aguero. So getting Mendy in now blocks me from getting a Man City midfielder. But the way I looked at it was, first of all, I think Mendy's a must-have watching him in game week one. He's an absolute beast getting forward. You know, basically plays as a winger. Looks like he can score goals as well as create them. Um, it's Huddersfield in game week two at home, so you're almost guaranteed a clean sheet, plus hopefully some attacking returns. And again, I always preach, you know, waiting till waiting until Friday, you know, having patience on your transfers. But I just felt this week it was pretty low risk. Um, there's no midweek games or things like that, and. There is certain exceptions to the rules in my book. I think when there's a player that you think is essential, um, I just don't think you should waste any time. Just just go for them. Um, I don't want to. I didn't want to wait another week to 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 get Mendy, especially when it's Huddersfield at home this weekend. You know, you're almost guaranteeing yourself six points right away. Um, the thing, the thing, the thing with Van Dyke, having watched game week one, I probably. I probably should have went Robertson game week one. You know, again, that was my gut feeling. I don't regret it because it was a gut feeling and, and I'll always go with my gut feelings. But having watched game week one, I, I've changed my mind now. Robertson's the one I'm going to want from Liverpool. So I had a decision to make to get Mendy and I could have got rid of Ben Davis. But as I've mentioned, I want him for game week two. Um, and I may want to keep Davis longer as well. It, it looks like Danny Rose might even leave uh, before the end of August, which will make Davis even more uh appealing so the way I looked at the Van Dyke mendy situation for game week 2 Van Dyke is away to Palace I can see Palace scoring against Liverpool and Mendy as I said have got Huddersfield at home so almost guaranteed a clean sheet there um, and even looking a bit further ahead if you compare Van Dyke and Mendy over the next you know six weeks where City have amazing fixtures I would expect Mendy to come out on top there between those two over the next six weeks so that's why I've made the move early Again, as I said, Mendy's now my third City player, so I can't get in any City midfielders. But the way I look at it is, watching game week one, Mendy basically is a midfielder anyway from City, but he's nailed on and he gets clean sheets. So that's why I went with him over the midfielders. Um, and as I said, it's very, very rare that you'll that a performance from a player will, will force me into an early transfer. And that's what Mendy has done. He impressed me so much that I've got him in right away on Monday. He's gone up to 6.1 already. I mean, if I decided not to get him in game week two and he, and you know he, he bangs again, he could easily be 6.4, 6.5 very, very quickly. And I just wanted to get in at the 6 million you know, before his price does skyrocket because I do expect it to. Um, so my transfer is already made. I've got Mendy now. Van Dyke's gone. So Robertson's on my watch list, so I'll be, I'll be looking to work Robertson into my side over the next couple of weeks. I don't know how soon, but he is a player I'm going to want uh, going forward. So that, that's me. That's captaincy and transfers covered as well. As I said, I'm going to just finish this episode just talking a little bit about Patreon and Slack because I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions from people who are not familiar with Patreon and Slack and what it is. And I mean... About four weeks ago, I wasn't familiar with what Patreon and Slack were either. So I'm just kind of learning as I go as well. But basically what Patreon is, I've set it up. Um, you can support me on Patreon now. Uh, and there's three options. There's a $2 option, a $4 option, and a $6 option. And that's per month. Um, so you can sign up and that would be a monthly uh, pledge. And those pledges can be cancelled at any time. So you're not tied down to a long-term agreement. Um, and even for the next two weeks... Uh, Patreon doesn't take 
pledges until the first of every month so you can actually sign up for one of my patreon tiers for the next two weeks say you know and try it out and see if you like it and if you don't you can just cancel it before the first of september and you won't be out of pocket at all so it's basically like a free trial so the three the three patreon options are the first one is the two dollar tier which i've called the budget defender tier so what that gets you is entry into my patreon mini league where there'll be a hundred pounds for the winner and it also gets you exclusive podcasts live streams and articles throughout the season so yesterday for example i posted um i wrote an article with my thoughts after game week one and then i posted it on on patreon so it's only my patreon subscribers who get to read that so that's one example of what i'll be doing every week on mondays i'll be posting my thoughts about certain teams and players following the game week so the the lowest the lowest tier on patreon will actually get you that much and it'll also get you i'm going to be recording podcasts as well just for patreon subscribers so i'll always do this one for everyone every week but then i'll also be doing uh, a patreon exclusive podcast for for just the, the patrons um not every week but probably every second week for those and once i get youtube up and running which hopefully will be this week or next week I'll, I'll be doing a I'll be doing a YouTube every Friday night for everyone to watch, but I'll also then be doing private YouTubes for for patrons as well. So just give you that little bit extra. So so even if you're not interested in Slack channels or WhatsApp or things like that, if you do, if you just want to support what I'm doing um, and help me to continue living the dream, you know, working full time on fantasy fantasy stuff, you can just pledge at the at the two dollar level and you know just support me in what I'm doing. But it does get you into the mini league and it will get you certain you know podcasts and articles and things like that the the next tier up then is the four dollar one which is the mid-price midfielder tier now it gets you everything that you get for the lowest tier but it also gets you into the slack channel so a lot of people are asking me what is slack um so slack basically is a it's a private forum i've set up so for patrons so once people sign up at the four dollar or six dollar tier they get invited to my slack channel so basically it's a place for FPL managers to talk about FPL on a daily basis basically so there's about 150 of us now on Slack already which is amazing I mean I've been blown away by the support and patron um, and I mean we're only in the middle of August so it's amazing but so there's about 150 of us 150 of us in the Slack channel now and we're on there every day and we're just you know talking to each other about certain you know uh, we've got seven or eight different channels we've got like you know a captaincy channel uh, transfer strategy you know uh, different things like bookies odds uh, non-fpl chat there's loads of different ones you know we post our teams in there every week on a friday night um as well so that, that's something i'm doing on slack as well this season where i won't be doing it as much on twitter i will be sharing my team uh, before the deadline with my with my uh, patrons on slack so i did that on for game week one the the deadline for game week one was seven o'clock uk time so at six o'clock uk time i i posted my game week one team in there for for patrons to to be able to see it um so slack basically it's a nice little community everyone's in there kind of to with the aim of all of us doing well this season there's no you know negativity or anything in there it's just a nice little community you know talking about fpl on a daily basis the top tier then is my premium striker tier the six dollar one so Again, it gets you everything like the others. It gets you the podcast, the articles, the live streams. Gets you into the mini league. It gets you into Slack, but it also gets you one to one with me via WhatsApp. So, basically, if you want to talk to me one to one about FPL this season through WhatsApp, that's the premium striker uh, tier. So, I won't pick your team for you. You know, 
it's more it's more kind of to to share my wisdom with you um over the last couple of seasons you know and i guess it's almost i don't like to say a teacher but it's kind of guiding you in the right direction rather than making decisions for you, you know making you a smarter fpl player basically so one thing i'm always keen to avoid is people copying my team team for uh, player for player because it does happen um, i know people laugh when i say that but there is people out there who write to me and say send me your team i want to copy it i want to win my mini league but that it's something i want to avoid because number one there's no guarantee that i'm going to have a good season this season anybody can have a bad season what i've said to all my patrons and on slack and things like that they should be aiming to beat me rather than match me so again it's, you can look at my team fair enough but I don't, I don't like people copying it player for player so again th that's what the whatsapp is it's direct access to me you can send me a message anytime and you know we talk fpl on, on a weekly basis so any more questions you have about patreon or slack just send me a message on twitter at fpl general you can find the links to it on my twitter account um, as i said any any questions just drop me a message or send me an email and um, you'll get that on my twitter account as well so that's it for episode 10 of the 59th minute. I'll be back. I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode after game week two. So I'm hoping for a green arrow and hopefully most of you get green arrows game week two as well. Thanks for listening again, folks. Uh, talk to you all soon.